Hey everybody, welcome to the Tofugu Podcast. My name is Koichi. My name is Michael. I'm Kristen. Nice to meet you. Nice to meet you. Nice to meet you both. Are you guys going to repeat this? No. Oh, okay. No, you <laughs> passed the test. Good. So, so today our plan is to talk to Alex O. Smith, who was the translator of many, many, many games like Final Fantasy VIII, <laughs> Final Fantasy IX. One X. more. Is that just X? Yeah, it's just X. And then Final Fantasy X. That's just an X without an I. And many other things, too. Front Mission 3, The Misadventures of Tronbon, Vagrant Story, Legend of Mana. Oh, there's another page here. Phoenix Wright, Ace Attorney, <laughs> Final Fantasy XII. Again, I, I guess maybe it's Chinese, like she. I don't know. Um, maybe. Mad World, Mario and Sonic at the Olympic Winter Games. That's 2009. That's the 2010 Olympics. Vanquish, The Vanquish Wonderful 101. Really good, you guys. I don't know. There's just so many things here. Ooh, Tactics Ogre, let us cling together. That sounds like a fun hugging game. I think it's you're all trapped up on a mountain with no shelter. Ooh, really? No, <laughs> but it should be, <laughs> yeah, be a hugging game. Um, that warmth. So yeah, so we're, I think he might join us later, but if he doesn't, then we're just going to talk, <laughs> talk about, about how his we... Career. <laughs> his career. <laughs> we're going to like think about you know what he did mm-hmm. in our minds and, and tell you all... Um, and here's the thing, you guys, for all you Tofugu <laughs> really podcast super, <laughs> you Tofugu podcast super fans out there, you may be thinking, wait, is this a rerun? Oh, did I listen to this before? Did I hear this before? No, this is our first kidding. return. There's no mega guest. fans out there. <laughs> we have a, we have at least three. Oh uh, yeah, three. Yeah, really it's good. us, <laughs> but not me. We have at least two. Probably like someone else. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Jamal's listened to all the episodes. He must be several times. Fan. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> Jamal is our biggest fan. So we'll just pay everybody to listen oh, to no. the podcast and edit it. <laughs> oh. And then you'll be our biggest fans. Anyway, Alex Smith, uh, he was on here before. And we actually wrote, we actually made an article out of uh, his great advice on translation? Ma- on translation. Yeah, that was good. Uh, I remember reading the draft for that. Yeah, and if you heard our podcast with Ben Judd, his colleague, um, Ben Judd called him like the cream oh, of the crop. and something else. So you'll have to go listen to that. Yeah. That episode. Mm-hmm. Ooh, man, what he said about Alex O. Smith will... Will surprise you. Bristle your britches. Yes. Mm-hmm. Tonight at 11. <laughs> also, <laughs> these World War II photos are too shocking from to reveal history. <laughs> this is the second podcast them. in a row we've done this joke. <laughs> we did? Did we do this on the last one? I think so. Really? Yeah. We, we, made a, we made fun of clickbait. Take that clickbait. Yeah, we got you good. We took down the whole institution of clickbait <laughs> with our mean comments. Yeah, so I, I guess, uh, well, 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 I don't know. I think he said he's on his way, but... Um, <laughs> we can talk about all kinds of other topics too, like all these topics that we prepared. Mm-hmm. Um, let me look at my, uh, my notes here. Oh, let me look at my notes here. Um, let me look at my notes. I see. Oh, oh <laughs> shoot. I, you know, I just don't know the strength of my own hands. I see that Alexander is typing. Ooh. I see. So here it comes. Just Okay, everybody, everybody who's listening, also be very quiet. Oh, he said hiya. He gets scared when there's loud noises. <laughs> when humans are around. Um, okay, all right. I'm going to respond okay. to him now. We got to throw, okay, we got to throw some chocobo 
greens. He's typing again. Gishel greens. Gishel greens, Adam. Gishel greens, yeah. And then, oh, oh, he's eating it. Alex is eating the Gishel greens. <laughs> mm, okay, okay, let's kill the monsters around him. Work! Oh, sorry, we just got a very loud scape noise in my ears and it scared the bejesus out of me. I killed the, the turtle with a lantern and uh, mm. the the man who turned himself into a chocobo who's trying to pretend to be a chocobo because he gets off on people riding him. <laughs> but the real chocobo is fine. The Alex O. Smith chocobo. All right. And we threw the pokeball and we caught we caught Alex O. Smith. So I think I think now now he has to come on our podcast because according to Final Fantasy lore, when you catch a chocobo with a... Why aren't you guys helping me talk? Oh my gosh, this is I hard held typing. Up, I held up... Monologue. Oh, clues. Oh, oh context uh, clues. Uh, the Starman from uh, from from SpongeBob. It's the it's a cactar. It says cactar. Context clues. Uh, Peter is that his name? <laughs> <laughs> Hello, Peter. I'm SpongeBob, and but you can call me SpongeRobert because we're <laughs> a formal friendship. Oh man, this part is going to be a bad part of the podcast. Because here I am just talking. All, All right. We monologue can't, We time. can't edit the podcast. We don't monologue. have to keep talking. We're not live uh, on the air. Yes. It's not RKO. Ah, uh, yes. Another fine day in podcasting. Podcasting? Is that the podcast town? Yes. Thanks for, for doing... Uh, for being involved? Yeah. Well, what's it called? When bantering. Thanks for bantering with me. That's a good podcast thing that, that people like to hear, the banter. Right. Oh gosh, there they go again. They're just <laughs> quiet again because they don't want to scare away the chocobo. I know. What What are we talking about? I was typing to I Alex. Was, I was capturing Alex the chocobo with a pokeball. Okay. Well, I think it's working. No one is going to typing. listen this long. I hope you guys uh-huh. know that. Okay. He says, "I'm good to go if you are." Oh, and here we go. I hope you enjoyed that introduction. It's now such, we're going to be talking. It's the one to you're Alex forced to have. Oh, Smith, chocobo. Hello. Hey, just so you know, we're we're recording at this moment. So, <laughs> well, thanks thanks for coming on the show again. Hey, my pleasure. You're our first repeat guest. No, oh, that's that's putting the pressure on. <laughs> I think it just means you're, all the other people turned us down. <laughs> oh no! <laughs> Wait a I, second. Oh, thank uh, you, thank, thank you for your. I'm I'm back now. <laughs> yeah, Koichi's back. Uh, hi, hi, so hi, last hi. time we talked, it was Kristen and myself. I'm Michael. Oh, yeah, I wasn't on this one. I'm, I'm nice to meet here. you, Alex. Hi. So uh, Michael and uh, and Kristen, you're still here. And, and who's the third voice? Koichi. It's Koichi. Koichi. He's our, he's Koichi. our Tofugu boss. All right. But he doesn't like the word boss. He prefers the term. Overlord. Oh, my gosh. Cool. What? Cool pal. <laughs> wow. Okay. No, he likes Someone's grinding some sesames over here. <laughs> um. What did you just uh, say? Someone's grinding some sesames over That's here. That's not a thing. It is. It is. And, um, it's like it's brown nose like... and goma suri. Oh. I think you're just trying to be weird on purpose. Anyway. Not that weird. Um, thanks for coming back on the show <laughs> for a second time. My pleasure. I think the last time we talked, yeah, we, we ended the recording. <laughs> What's that? Can you sum it up, what you guys oh, talked about? Oh, that's right. So Koichi Real wasn't quick. here. So all you listeners out there and also Koichi, if you haven't heard the episode with Alex, it's probably one of our best, I think. Um, that's, we, that's the one I wasn't on. It's <laughs> not one because of, of that, <laughs> because Alex was on it. Um, and he gave us a lot of great advice on what makes a good translation. And we actually took your, your uh, translation wisdom and distilled it into an article, um, a Cliff's Notes, if you will. Of, of that conversation. 
Uh, but after we finished recording, you started telling amazing stories from your Final Fantasy X, Final Fantasy XII, and all your That's other you exploits. <laughs> um, and we were like, oh, this would be a great thing to have on the podcast. So you said, oh, yeah, I'll come back on sometime. And now the time has come. Fantastic. <laughs> Full circle. Yeah, that, that was my recap the last time on yeah. Tofugu Podcast. So we're here to, to talk to you about your, your great, great stories and hear more of your wisdom, but in anecdote form. Right. Well, I will, I will task you with letting me know if I'm just repeating anecdotes from last time because I only have a set number of anecdotes and, you know. <laughs> That's true. You've lived. I'll, I'll start with it. We talked to Ben Judd a couple weeks ago. Oh, yeah. That's oh, yeah. Right. And boy, the stories he talked about you. So if you have anything <laughs> really bad you want to say about him. Yeah, yeah, give us I'm some, just kidding. Some he didn't bad. say anything bad at all. But yeah, he actually said really nice things. Yeah. <laughs> but if you have anything bad, you still can't say it. You can't. In this Understood. exclusive interview. Mm -hmm. Throwing uh, that's cool. under is the bus. That, is that actually out as a podcast now? Um, that, I think, is next, next Monday. Two, next Monday? Yeah. Um, so oh, in a few it. days. Yeah. Yeah. It'll be out next Monday. Um, but by the Jeez. time everyone hears this episode, it will be up. So everyone go listen to that one, too. Mm-hmm. So, right. uh, so it's like a double blind review. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so any any cool Ben Ben Judd stories? <laughs> Tell us the real Ben Judd. The real Ben Judd. No, I, I I wouldn't, I wouldn't even dare attempt. He's okay. A, you don't. A have man to. of a rich and storied history. I'm sure he told you his story better than than anyone else could. That's true because he, he lived it. Well, let's let's get true. on to let's get on to your story. That's why. We didn't bring you on to, be, to ask you to tell us about Ben Judd. <laughs> um, to start off, have you been up to anything exciting since we last talked to you? We, we do want to recap. We're not just here to, to farm your right. stories. How have you been? Uh, well, since we, since we last spoke, I think I've been pretty much doing exactly the same stuff that I was doing when we last talked in terms of things that, I can, that I'm allowed to discuss that aren't Ooh. particularly under NDA. Just somewhat under NDA, <clears throat> which is always a concern. Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, continuing working on Final Fantasy Record Keeper for DNA. Oh, oh yeah. nice! Is the publisher of that? Um, that's primarily my partner Joe these days. Uh, but that's something we've been doing for boy a couple years now. And and that, that's a mobile game, right? That's right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And another mobile game, uh, Final Fantasy Mobius. Oh uh, yeah, I think mm. I, I yeah read that one. Also been working on that. And that's um, that's a project that was started without us and went on for at least a year, maybe even a year and a half or so. So we kind of came in midstream. Um, but that's been fun. It's a they put a surprising amount of development effort into the cutscenes in that game, mm -hmm. which is not something that you expect for a mobile game, really. So uh, I think that kind of makes it stand out a little. I think I, I remember you saying last time. When we talked, you worked on Blood Brothers. I think that was the name of it. That's right. Yeah. Uh, Blood Brothers was a lot of fun. Um, and I believe it's now completely not running anymore, right? Yeah. It's and th that, that was a mobile game also. That is correct. If you haven't heard, mobile games are the thing these days. <laughs> yeah. I think uh, Ben Judd was telling us, and I know you mentioned it also, that like a lot of the translation work for games is now in mobile. Yeah. And, uh, and that's equally because there's just more... More development in mobile, and also a lot of the story stuff has moved to mobile. Hmm. Um, there's just not a lot of places, I, I think a Square Enix accepted, that are 
that are putting that amount of time and effort into uh, into the console games, uh, at least putting the effort into the story part. Um, there's a lot of effort, obviously, going into game design and graphics and, and, and that sort of thing. Hmm. So, so there's more effort, more story effort going into mobile than into consoles? I would say just in terms of volume. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You know, not saying that, that the people who, who make console games aren't putting effort into the ones that, they, that do have story, but just in terms of the amount of text that is being generated out there, more of it is being generated for the mobile market. Ah, uh, I see. Um, it's always, there's which, always like new events and stuff, right? That's right. Yeah, down uh, DLC. And yeah, and it's just a matter of volume, really. Uh, and a lot of people talk about, oh, it'd be really cool to to subtitle movies. Um, that's always sort of uh, kind of a glamorous, <laughs> a glamorous <laughs> job within the within the translation profession. Mm-hmm. Um, and it is it is fun and it's cool, um, but there's so little work. Yeah, there's not because, that many movies. Mm-hmm. Yeah, not that many it's movies, uh, especially. Japanese movies being released with full English subtitles. Netflix has changed that a little bit right now, but uh, but ultimately, when you're talking about it from the viewpoint of a, a translator who's you know getting getting work to do to pay the bills, it comes down to which industry and which segment of which industry is pumping out the text, because that's where the work is. Okay. And right now, the work is primarily mobile. Have there been any like amazing realizations from this past year of working or is it just keeping on the, the level grinding track? Translation wise, it's been sort of keeping on, keeping on uh, just personally and, and for my company, the stuff that we started with Blood Brothers 2, which was writing original stories, um, has sort of led to other opportunities and uh, everything's under NDA right now, but uh, some really fun original story writing opportunities uh, that were starting to work on. And that's uh, that's uh, slightly different in terms of, you know, we're working with different people, not working for Japanese clients. Mm-hmm. Is It makes a big difference just because the the kind of stories that you're looking at and, and just sort of the general work environment is different. Um, not, you know, worse or better, but but different. It's a, it's a new thing. And uh, the work itself is actually surprisingly similar to translation okay. in that or similar to localization in that you do have to make up a story and there's structure and there's things like identifying your characters and figuring out how everything's going to work. And, and that's, that's completely new. But once you get to the actual writing of it, it is very similar to Japanese to English translation, at least. And I have a pet theory. I haven't, I haven't you know, really tested this, but it makes sense to me that if you're translating from a romance language or dramatic language into English, you may not have to do so much work in the rewriting department Mm -hmm. just because the way that stories are told in those languages is closer to the way stories are told in English. But when you're dealing with Japanese, lots of times, even though the content and the emotions and everything might be, you know, are definitely the same, you know, everyone, everyone's, everyone's the same. Uh, the way that stories are told can be very, very different. And so you end up having to do a lot of, work that's really more writing work than translation work um anyway that's it always seems like it's not that far of a step to go from translating to writing so yeah that makes sense is, uh, do, you, do you have an example of of that or even just just the japanese side where you have to change the story sure uh well this is an example from from ff10 and uh i, I re- blitzball <laughs> what's that blitzball 
Blitzball. No, right. it had nothing to do with Blitzball. But yes, the FF10 Blitzball. Is that the right absolutely. one? Okay, I'm just trying to... Mm-hmm. That's right. Yeah, you're to, right. To yeah, get yeah, into yeah. the right FF10. Final Fantasy. Yeah, that's right. FF10 is the one with Blitzball and, uh, and Titus and Yuna and Sin, the big whatever it is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The the collection of sadness. Yes, yes. And journeys full of laughter and all that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Slower. Slower and louder. <laughs> I, I remember this one best. I mean, I think it happens all the time, but I remember this one best because I actually got called out on it in the middle of recording and made a change. So what happened was there was a scene. I'm sorry, it was a long time ago, so I don't remember the exact scene, but uh, you have a character Jekt, who is Titus's father, sort of estranged father. And there's a scene where Jekt says something, is talking to Titus. It's like it's a flashback scene, or maybe he's talking to to a vision of him. I honestly don't remember which one it was, but he's they're talking to each other, and Jekt says something of great import to to Titus, and uh, and then walks off and says something along the lines of, "Hey, you know, don't worry, it'll it'll all work out." And then and then fades into the sunset and the Japanese had a callback to that scene later on where Oran, which is a sort of a father figure for Titus, he's not actually his dad, but he's the, the guy that's kind of looking out for him throughout the story, says the same line that Jekt said and Titus then repeats it. And in the original, they were quoting something from the middle of the scene. Mm-hmm. And became kind of a keyword, and I, I should probably I should probably look this scene up so I have a little better anecdote for you. But so you know, if the if the thing that they actually ended up saying was was a in the English because a had been kind of buried in the middle of the scene and didn't really stand out as a keyword like it did in Japanese. Um, I had the callback referring not to whatever it was they said in the Japanese, but to the line that Jack says at the very end, which is "Hey, it'll work out." which seemed kind of like a character building line for Jekt. And uh, when you hear Titus saying that in the second scene in the, in the callback, it made sense and it resonated because, uh, you know, that sort of final parting line uh, in English worked. It worked well in English and um, it was memorable. And so the callback worked. Um, however, the writer of the original script was in the room as we were recording and uh, when it came time for the callback and the callback callback called back something that wasn't what the Japanese was referring to, he's like, why is this changed? And um, so we went into it and I said, basically, it just worked better because of the uh, the way that English accentuated the, those uh, his final sort of it'll work outline. And uh, he brought up the point that the specifics of whatever the uh, first line, you know, this is a terrible anecdote because I can't remember that first line. I should, <laughs> I should go back. And well, look obviously that up. it wasn't that memorable. So maybe, yeah. maybe yours is <laughs> yeah, well, uh, better. There's yeah. the problem. Yeah. So, <laughs> lesson. It wasn't very memorable, whatever it was they're saying, but it was supposed to indicate um, how Titus was sort of moving back, uh, accepting his father again. Mm-hmm. So there was a little character building in there. And that had been lost uh, in the English rewrite. And so I did a quick rewrite on the spot in the recording booth, which is why I remember that one in particular. But it happens all the time. Um, and it's because of the way that storytelling is different in, in Japanese and English. So did, uh, did you end up having to change it back to more like the, the Japanese version? Yep. Uh, so and and ultimately it worked out, and we we went back and we changed the the first scene too, to bring up the the original reference better as well. Okay. So 
because the author was there and we were able to work on a compromise. And I do find that if you can actually sit down with the author, because any given scene is going to be doing a few things. It, you know, there'll be some character development. There will be plot development. There will just be some exposition, some information that the player needed to know. And when you approach the scene as a translator, there's the possibility that you'll miss some of that. There's also a, a very good possibility that you'll emphasize things differently than were emphasized in, in Japanese. And sometimes that's just because that's the way it works better. Or maybe you had to fit some lip flaps uh, if you're doing ADR, you're, you're writing to, um, to the actual lip movements of the Japanese. There's any number of reasons why it might change. But it's nice if you can sit down with the original author and find out what the most important thing to them was. In the scene, because sometimes you can't read that from the scene. Equally true that sometimes it, it doesn't matter. Uh, what's best for the scene is what works best uh, in a lot of cases too. So it's it's always a an interesting area. How does how does that sort of balance of power work like between the original writer and and then I guess like you like the translator? If you're really adamant that what you're doing is correct, like who's going to have like the final right say in that translation? I think so. In theory it really depends on who has more power in the company. And that's always uh, going to be the original writer. Okay. Hmm. But well, in practice, <laughs> it's going to depend on who's in the room mm -hmm. when the decision is being made, Gotcha. which isn't to say that you couldn't make a crappy decision as a translator and then have it come back to haunt you. If you know, somebody found out, right. Right. But it's also true that lots of times the writer wisely isn't so concerned about every little bit getting across as long as the whole package is working. Right. And that's really what everybody's heading towards. So it's really like any collaboration between any, any two people that both have a, you know, a hand in, in the creative process. Uh, obviously as the translator, you want to be flexible enough that you're accommodating. And, and that's, that's something I think maybe we didn't touch on last time, but we, you know, we talked a bit about, the, the kinds of language skills you need to, to translate well or to approach translation well. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But I think a really, really important skill is the ability to compromise because you are a translator. You know, your role is as translator, not, not writer. And you do have to approach the project uh, from the viewpoint of someone who is taking what's there and trying to make it its best possible version of that in, in a new language. And it requires you to wear a lot of hats and sort of being able to navigate that, knowing when to put your foot down and knowing when to take agency and change things uh, is probably one of the trickiest skills. And I think it also, in reverse, that selects for certain kinds of people to be translators. Um, and you do see people burn out and and quickly move on to different fields because it's not for everybody. Yeah, that seems stressful. <laughs> uh, yeah, it can be, but but also there's there's a joy in that you know in yeah. that given that pull and push and pull between what the writer wants and what the publisher wants and what the audience presumably wants and what you can provide. Yeah, I'm sure some authors are much much more pleasant to work with than others. And yeah, I mean, I found that. When I do have the chance to, uh, this happened with uh, with Matsuno-san actually, 
as well, uh, working on a, a project for Platinum Games. I forget exactly which one. But we had done some translation of his uh, his dialogue and managed to uh, had the opportunity to kind of go over it with him line by line, which is very unusual before recording and uh, and got some new input. And it's funny because lots of times you'll you'll come into a scene as a translator and you'll and you'll think, wow, you know, the, this seems to be trying to do this in Japanese, but I think it's going to work much better if we do this in English and you'll kind of impose your your own vision for the scene. And and then you get something that works when you show that to the original writer, they'll say, oh, but, you know, you've left out this, this and this. And even though it's very it's a it can be a very annoying process mm -hmm. because it's very difficult for the original writer to see how the English is working. And I think it's easy for the translator to say, yeah, you know, I, I know I, I left some stuff out, but this is really working. Can't we just go with this? You know, it's already done. Um, but I found that actually, if you do take the time and you have the luxury of the time to dig a little deeper, you end up with a compromise solution that's always more satisfying. And, and what do you do in the situations where it's not so easy to compromise? Like it sounds like in your <laughs> working with Matsuno is pretty easy. You got to sit down, discuss every line. Mm -hmm. Have you ever worked with anyone that like... Like no compromise. Yeah, like stonewalled you at every like no every you're, you're, decision. Not, you're not translating this literally enough. And yeah, <laughs> something like that. Oh yeah. Uh, I think that happen very more often. I think I've been I've been very lucky to not have that happen much. Uh, one particular, let's see. Uh, yeah, Final Fantasy twelve. Without naming any specifics, uh, mm -hmm. there was one scene where we had changed something in the English that it wasn't just changing a word. It was actually almost a, a, a change in um, a directorial change. It was a change in the way that the sound was recorded and, and played back for a scene. And that met with a lot of resistance from the people that had been responsible for making that decision in the first place. It wasn't the director. It, was, it actually happened, I think, at a... At a a more on the ground level. It was, you know, the sound engineers. And that was one of the situations where they, where we got a little stonewalled and we felt we had good reasons for pushing back. And, uh, and that's the, that's the other side of compromise, right? You know, sometimes you, you need to kind of grin and bear it. And sometimes you can insert yourself enough and sort of stick up for, for what you believe in enough, um, that you end up with a nice compromise. And uh, and then in other places, you need to say, look, you know, the we realize that this is not ideal for you, but you need to accept this for um, for various reasons. And it, the way that that plays out in at least with the power structure, you know, translators have very little say, essentially, uh, especially when you're being hired as a was an outsource person mm -hmm. coming in late in a project. Um you don't have a lot of uh, say, but the way that it works, at least in, in the Japanese environment, is you very carefully find allies and you ally them to your, <laughs> to your cause. You, you, you round them up. If you can do that in advance of a meeting, that's the best. And, um, and then you let that play out um, and you find people who will take your side. Uh, it's, a, it's a really delicate process and you have some really surreal meetings where people sit and not don't say anything for like five minutes <laughs> which is pain painful i mean it's excruciating <laughs> oh, yeah. 
when uh, when you're in a meeting like that because people aren't aren't agreeing with things. And so it, it quiets down. And lots of times uh, it can be really helpful. You kind of pull out all the stops. You say, well, we hired this really expensive director over in the States and, uh, and you know, and, you know, he does a lot of stuff for Hollywood and he said it would be better this way. You know, that kind of thing. You can kind of. <laughs> try to play bad cop, good cop when you can, <laughs> um, and, and really pull out of the stops. But yeah, the, it, it does happen and you just have to know how to play those situations. It, I don't think I've ever been in the position where I could just kind of put my foot down. You can't just say like, well, I'm Alex Smith. Yeah. <laughs> this is my, this is what I decree. You can't do that kind I, of I, stuff. I mean, I imagine. Uh, yeah. And you know, I, I don't know. I like, I think some job descriptions, uh, that's actually a, a good strategy when, you know, you want to walk in the room just kind of with a swagger and say, you know, we're going to do X, Y, and Z because I say so. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that does work really well for particular roles. Um, I don't think that works. That's the best choice for a, a translator. And when you were talking a little, a couple steps back about, um, about getting allies, what, what are some like practical ways to get allies uh, like, do you just show up at a project and be like, you, you're my friend. I'm going to need your help in a little bit. <laughs> Have you ever watched Game of Thrones? Uh, oh, no. Yeah. Right, right. <laughs> That's what it sounds like to me, actually. Uh, yeah. Luckily, there's no there's no blackmail involved. Um, That's good. Or beheading. Anything like or that. Anything, yeah. The the way I always do it is you find out who it's obvious who's in charge of a project because there'll be a director and there'll be a lead programmer. Mm-hmm. Um, but then you want to find out who pulls their strings uh-huh. and who has power within, um, within the group. And there's always, um, you know, there's all these different rules. Uh, often I found at least at square, it would be, uh, localization coordinators, uh, and sometimes producers just within the dev team. And if you could convince them of the righteousness of your cause, <laughs> then they would go to bat for you. Hmm. And that happened a lot back in the sort of FF10, FF102 era. We had a localization coordinator who had been at a lot of other game companies with people in the dev teams before they came to Square. Mm-hmm. So he had histories with them. And he could be a real jerk to the localizers, to translators. You know, he, he definitely, he had his way of doing things. And... um seemed on the surface of things to not be an easy person to work with. And so I think a lot of people kind of developed antagonistic relationships with this guy. But I found out that he knew all of these dev guys from previous jobs. And also, and, and this maybe not such a big issue now, but he smoked and I didn't smoke. And sometimes it comes down to stuff like that mm-hmm. because the best way to get something you need is to talk to people outside of the work environment. Wait, did you start smoking? Uh, I actually started going into, there was a smoking room that had all of the vending machines. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. And there were vending machines outside of the smoking room. But for for like a year, I would go use the vending machines in the smoking room and and accept uh, my eventual lung cancer from secondhand smoke <laughs> to... <laughs> to drink like whatever canned coffee crap from the vending machine so I could sit at the table with the, with the dev guys. Just be like, Oh, my brand is, is in here. It's not anywhere else. You have to exactly. Come in. exactly. Yeah. Well, and I as you probably guy. learned at that point, everything's going to work out. So, right, right. Was right. that the line? <laughs> Sorry. Was that your, that <laughs> was, was trying your to call back. back. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was trying to call back the call back, call back. Yeah. Uh, oh yeah. It's so hard. A lot it. of it is doing that <laughs> no. kind of legwork. And, uh, there's that, 
that phrase, uh, nomunication, which is, you know, combination of, of no mood to drink and communication. Oh, I like uh-huh. that. That's great. That is good. We should do that here. I'm doing that by yeah, myself yeah, right now. I'm nomunicating by myself. So laying the groundwork for decisions by convincing those people, those sort of bellwethers or uh, actually really what, what they are is manipulators. Um, if you can convince the manipulator, I don't think, I don't think translators do well in the manipulation role. I mean, it's certainly a tactic you can use, but you, because you, we're sort of on one side and the dev team is on the other side, a lot of manipulation type people will gravitate towards those localization coordinator roles, the, the go-betweens mm-hmm. between dev and, and translators. And if you can get them convinced that your decision, you know, we have to have this certain sound of uh, voice effect for the Ocuria. Otherwise they, um, we won't be able to understand what they're saying, you know, that kind of thing. Uh, then they can transmit that to the team. And then when you come to the actual meeting, the team's already on board and that's how it's supposed to work in a Japanese company. So, so in, in your career, um, it, it sounds like from a lot of the stories we're hearing, it, it kind of sounds like that you, you've always kind of been on top of, this this translation world like you kind of just know what to do like how how to uh (laughs) how to handle things was there ever a time that you you didn't feel so sure about yourself and decisions or 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 did you get like any great advice that you're like ah this is the turning point this sage wisdom i got it's it's when his dad said everything's gonna work out oh my god please no more callbacks Uh, that's, that's maybe the last one I, I think I had the advantage of being uh, young and stupid when I started out. Nice. So yeah, obviously I didn't know what I was doing, but I didn't know enough to know that. Perfect. So that is, yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Every day of yeah. my life. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that's that's how our company came to be. I think. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Awesome. Awesome. I, I think that's uh, that's the way a lot of stuff gets done. But the the attitude when I had coming into Square because. I may have even mention this, you know, I took a pay cut from, uh, I was on a scholarship in grad school and I actually took a pay cut from my scholarship to join Square. Mm, that's cool. And so, I mean, it's not cool. It's kind of sad, but it's still, it, oh, that, it's like, totally it was like, I but I get to work at Square. Yeah, I would have done know? the same thing. Probably. Yeah, me yeah. too. Yeah, same. Right, right. And uh, the other funny thing is that I wasn't a big Square fan. Oh, really? Before, yeah, before I joined. Um, and I think that was an advantage for me because you could be really critical (laughs) because I could be really critical and I didn't have a lot of personal skin in the game. Mm -hmm. So, you know, if a, if a, if a game came up by a particular developer and somebody was angling for it and they wanted to push me off and, uh, you know, I ended up getting a different job. I, I could care less. Mm -hmm. I didn't have any sort of stake in the, you know, I didn't, uh, I wasn't a huge fanboy. Um, didn't uh, there's always a little struggle to get on to the next Final Fantasy. Um, I mean, maybe I'm overplaying that, but but you know, people want to work on the big titles, and um, yeah. it seems like you do okay getting on to the next Final Fantasy. <laughs> Looking at this yeah. list of, <laughs> of things, <laughs> and uh, yeah, I just never uh, was never really that super concerned about that kind of stuff. Um, do you think that think that helped you get into the next managed. Final Fantasy because you were like? Oh yeah, I, I don't care. And they're like, "Oh, I can see." I don't care. You don't this is care. the final one. <laughs> He's super confident. I, Let's get him on on the next Final Fantasy. 
I don't know. I think a lot of it is is just random luck, really. Uh, and also being available and doing your job, you know, when when the job comes up, doing mm-hmm. doing it as best you can. And uh, but I did have there was a big disconnect when I first came into Square because I sort of came swaggering and thinking, well, I'm, I'm really slimming it here, you know, taking this pay cut and, and working for this company <laughs> that I, I barely even know. And, um, I probably mentioned this. Did I mention this the last time? The vagrant story? Uh, that played we, out. We didn't talk much about vagrant story. Is that about the air? Is that about, we might've it. talked about that this off, off right. the recording. Well, that, that was my first real, uh, full job at square. You know, I came in, midway through final fantasy eight mm-hmm. yeah and really just did a very small amount on that uh some the laguna loire sections and and probably not even all of that i i don't even remember but that was my really training period and then moved to the japan office and was set to be the understudy of uh, a japanese guy who was going to be the lead translator on Vagrant Story. And the guy was amazing because he had never he had never lived outside Japan. And I may be misremembering this, but he may not have even traveled outside of Japan. He had learned English entirely through the NHK, that's sort of like the, the PBS or the NPR of, of Japan. <laughs> wow. The the NHK radio English courses. Wow. That's crazy. It's totally, I mean, the guy was clearly a genius um, because his English was very, very good. Uh, However, when the order came down from the Vagrant Story team, uh, and this was really, really early on before we even started work on the project proper, they wanted us to translate sort of the opening scroll for the game. Mm -hmm. And they said, make it sound biblical. Hmm. And and that didn't work very well. Because <laughs> how would you have experience being yeah. able to do that if you hadn't been around people or situations where you would... I don't even know. Mm-hmm. How would you even... NHK definitely doesn't cover. <laughs> I doesn't mean, cover yeah, Bible right. talk. <laughs> yeah. And now listen and, uh, to this sermon. Yeah, go ahead. Oh, no. That's fine. Uh, so... He, one of my first sort of experiences getting after I got to the Japanese office and I was sort of sitting around with nothing to do when the, when this work order came through and they said, oh, great. Uh, So, um, this guy, his name's, uh, Endo-san, uh, Endo-san's going to translate the, uh, this opening scroll and, um, you can edit it. And then when I saw that come down and he, he did, and really I, I have no ill will towards this guy at all. I think he's a genius. And he turned out to be an excellent um, cross-checker too uh, because his knowledge of the, you know, the nuances of the Japanese was obviously very deep. And he was very good at, at sussing out whether the English was, do, was doing the right job. Um, so, you know, super talented, but he had no business writing anything biblical uh, and or actually what was really important there was uh, not just sort of writing them something, quote unquote, in a biblical way, which I guess they by which they mean the. Um, uh, was that the James version of the of the Bible? Um, that's oh, not yeah, what they King really James, wanted. Something like yeah. that. What what they wanted was was something that was sort of archaic light. 
I mean, if it was really written in a biblical style, I think it would be completely impenetrable and, and, and just sound weird. Mm-hmm. Um, so what they really needed was somebody to make a, a judgment call, a stylistic judgment call to, on what was best for that text. And um, I, that's very hard for a native speaker. Uh, I, I think you need to have some uh, considerable writing experience at that point if you're gonna if you're gonna try something like that. Um, so to have somebody who had learned English on the on the radio, you know, even attempt that is uh, it, it's pretty amazing. Um, so he did a pretty good job. But uh, when I saw that, I thought, oh boy, you know what what have I done? Because <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, I was kind of on a on a career track of sorts uh, up until up until taking this job, and you know now now I'm doomed to to edit. And uh, and so that was a that was a bit of a crash course in. I wouldn't call it manipulation, but how to how to pick your battles and how to stick up for yourself in that very strange position that the translator has mm. of often you are the expert in the room. You're the person who actually knows what's best for the project, but you are not. You have no uh, power whatsoever. So being able to manage that and not overplay your hand and, um, you know, and accept the compromises where you have to, uh, it was, is a huge, huge skill set that you just have to learn on the fly. Yeah. It sounds incredibly frustrating. (sighs) Uh, yeah, it's flexed for really patient people, I think. Um, and there, and I've, and I've seen people not react well to it. (laughs) When when you took that the editing position, it sounds like you were you were kind of scared of of being stuck as an editor, but but you you got out of it eventually. Yes. Yeah, uh, I got out of it very quickly actually, and and it helped. I mean, part of it was just luck. Okay. Uh, because Reagan's story got delayed, and I got um, the person who was on Parasite Eve two uh, actually left the company midway through the project and so they needed a translator on that and that was a project with very little very little localization oversight because it was being done primarily in Osaka hmm. and so uh, that, that just sort of fell in my lap and I, I ended up getting to do Parasite of 2 pretty much on my own and by the time Vagrant Story came back around I think we'd managed to get the the previous Endosan, who was previously the the lead on it, managed to find a better role for him in the office, and and it was a really fluid period when we didn't have a boss. We had localization coordinators that sort of acted like the day to day managers, but our direct boss was actually the he was the manager of um, the IT division, so you know knew nothing about localization. <laughs> but he could he could get those viruses off your computers. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> and so that was um, yeah, it was a very fluid period, and I think just it, it just worked out that um, by the time, and I probably had a few words with one of the localization coordinators early on uh, while I was working on Parasite Eve 2 and saying, hey, you know, that vagrant story thing when it comes around, maybe 
he's not this guy's not the best fit for that. You know, maybe let's try Let's try something else. And just to kind of see that idea out there. But it's um, it's a weird game that you play. Hey, we're here with Jamal today. Hey, who's going to tell us all about the wonders of Wani Kani uh, during this ad? If you've already listened to our podcast and you already know what we're going to do, you can just skip ahead, I guess. No, I don't think this so. This is the no. best part of the show. Really. Yeah, we've locked your of controls every, on yeah. your podcast. Every episode. <laughs> they they have been degrading into something, I don't know, can, that can only be described as sad? And Maybe. useful. <laughs> what? what? The, the ads? Yeah, the ads are useful. Useful. They're very, very useful. useful. Mm-hmm. That's true. You make yeah. a good point, Jamal. Thank you. Yeah. That's why you're, that's why that's why you're here. Yeah. Yeah. But so uh, why you paid me the big big bucks. Yeah, to 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 sell those Wani Kani accounts. Mm-hmm. Can I can I interest you in a used Wani Kani account? account? Sure. I it's mean, it's been lightly what? used by this grandma who is learning kanji and vocabulary, but only only on Sundays and only for thirty minutes. <laughs> and uh, it's very lightly used, and because she only does Wani Kani once a week on Sunday mornings for 30 minutes. She's still on level three, so it's very lightly used. Mm-hmm. Not very not very far along. But I do it every day, and I'm at, like, level four. Uh, oh, what? oh, Jamal, no. <laughs> Don't include that in the ad. No, no I'm very bad at remembering well, things, people. You know, you know it's a, you got to go, you got to be you and just go your own pace. Like, like we, we have people Kiko, who go slower, and that's pace. fine. Yeah, the, yeah, that's true, the Kitty mm-hmm. pace. Our fans will know that. Yeah. <laughs> And uh, yeah, just uh, you know, you go at your own pace. You can go at, at a slower pace, and that's fine. You'll you'll progress slowly. <laughs> that's how it works. When yeah. You go at a slow pace, or you go at a very fast pace, and you know, get get through a level every ten days. Or you can go at like an insane pace, which is like you're literally waking up like every couple hours to do your reviews as they become available mm-hmm. in all hours of the night. And we have we have way too many of those people. That's for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, really. Yeah. Yeah. That's pretty cool. Or another option, do slow pace sometimes. Sometimes you get a lot of time on your hands. You can just do a burst and just burn through some levels. Could get busy. I would argue consistency, no matter what pace you're going at, is very important. But I mean, if you're like, hey, I'm off work for a month, it's Wani Kani every hour. That's Mm. true. You can do that. You know, just like burn, just get more done. But yeah, we we do have those people who are just like setting alarms, doing the reviews as they're available. Like, it might. It might be an addiction and a problem. I, I feel like we're a cigarette company, but instead we're selling very addictive kanji yeah. and vocabulary learning system. Yeah. yeah. Don't let truth know about I've got that. Don't let truth <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it kind of is, and I don't know where this ad is going, but like we really do like add sort of addictive elements into the into the program, Wani Kani program. And uh, I think we do have some it's people who are mild. It's called gamification, but like, if we're all being honest here, it's to make people addicted to whatever you're doing. So whether that's a game or an educational program that teaches you how to read Japanese, like it's all really it's just addiction in the end. It's it's yeah. getting people's dopamine to shoot off constantly and making them want more of that, more of that sweet sweet brain juice. Mm-hmm. But the thing is, there's <laughs> so oh, man, much. this is a good ad. So many things that are that are addicting you that you probably don't even think about. Yeah. And you are addicted. Like so what? Like TV, mm. like movies or, like or, movies, t- or yeah. Tumblrs Ooh, and Instagrams. Yes. Just like giving you all this dopamine. Games. And what are you getting it's out true. of it? Maybe you know who died on 
Game of Thrones or whatever, but Ooh. how's that going to help you? Probably not at all. Yeah, maybe you saw that that baby picture. Oh, or that food picture. Yeah, great. A baby got born. Who cares? Yeah. Ooh, dopamine. Ooh, ooh, ooh. Like yeah. that. But you, you know what? You could get your dopamine from kanji learning, mm-hmm. and then super fast, faster than a Japanese class, you just knock that shit out of your life. <laughs> and now you can study textbooks Woo. super fast. That's now true. you can like smack people in the face with your kanji knowledge. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Maybe. <laughs> I guess. Well, all right. Not like, no, let's, let's, literally. Let's, smack let's get this ad done before the train comes. Oh, here comes the kanji train. Oh, no. Oh, yeah. We got we to gotta get on board. All right. We'll here get on board the kanji train. All right. All right. Bye, guys. Well, I was going yeah, to make a point, but I got to get on this train to kanji town. Goodbye, everybody. Let's get back to the show. Bye. Oh, man. These ads are getting really strange. So you, you had to take some action to, to make sure that you wouldn't be forever an editor. You had to, to get out there Absolutely. and plant some seeds. Uh, yeah. yeah. Okay. And then I think once you once you've got one or two things under your belt, uh, if they're successful, you can then point to those and use those as, as ammunition. And that's I mean that's really the same. That's the same deal at any in any creative job. Really, you you know you you build up or any job probably uh, you you build up your portfolio and then that really becomes your resume, your company internal resume to say, hey, you know, I'd like to do this job and here are my qualifications, that kind of thing. How, how many Final Fantasies did it take before they're just like, well, I guess we have to bring Alex on the next one? <laughs> I think actually FF10-2 was the first time that uh, I was outside already. And, and that was uh, I was out of the company. And uh, they brought me back for FF10-2 because there was ADR in it, the writing to lip flaps. Ooh. Yeah. And nobody, the company had done ADR before, mm-hmm. before a 10. And so at the time I was really the only person associated with a company that had any experience doing that. How, how hard is that? Cause not only are you translating it to English and then changing it so it makes more sense in English or to English audience, but yeah. you also have to make it kind of match up with the mouths. Uh, absolutely. And that's, and if you had listened to our last podcast, oh, we sorry. talked about it. Okay, don't worry about it. <laughs> no, go listen. Go listen to that one. No, we, need no, to go, no, no, no. we need to drill we down can, deeper because we, we didn't about talk it about it a whole. Like, I want to get some some amazing stories. Yeah, how close do you got to get? That super are super cool. Yeah, those lip flaps. Some lip flap okay. stories. Right. So I have. I actually have a, a a good story about this, Yay. and and it's far. I think it's far enough in the past that that names can be named and, oh. and nobody. Yeah. No heads or roll. Mm-hmm. Uh, so Final Fantasy X was experimental in a lot of ways for Square. It was their first fully voiced game. Hmm. And I think uh, the writer, Nojima-san, is on public record uh, in Famitsu or something uh, saying his sort of idea for how they wanted to proceed with the game was just take all the text that you'd find in a normal Final Fantasy and voice the whole thing. Mm-hmm. So you'll notice that later following Final Fantasies, especially like Final Fantasy 12, there's a lot of voice in them, but there's also a lot of non-voiced text. Mm. Uh, and you go into some areas and it's all non-voiced. Uh, a lot of the side areas are completely just text-based. And uh, the voice is, is really reserved for these sort of big scenes. And Final Fantasy X wasn't entirely voiced. There, there's still 
text, you know, non-voice text. But a lot of stuff in that game that I don't think anyone would record voice for now uh, was was recorded. Uh, sort of non-dramatic, non-big non event scenes were all voiced. And um, because nobody had ever done voice before, really we were going into the whole process blind. Like the, the mechanics of it were were a black box. And each division, I assume, knew what they were doing. But there wasn't a lot of communication and nor was there appropriate amounts of fear sort of like on, on <laughs> our part as the translators. Cause we didn't know what to expect. And you know, if, if no one said, Hey, there's going to be a problem two months from now, you know, you, you don't even know. And so you just kind of walk into it blind. So uh, what, what had happened was on Final Fantasy 10, the, People that were involved with making Final Fantasy the movie, The Spirits Within, mm -hmm. as a team based largely in Hawaii. I went to and see that opening day. Oh, nice. I just want to put that out there. <laughs> <laughs> okay, go ahead. Uh, yes, it's a, it's a warm, a warm the memory. Right it is. It looked nice. Mm -hmm. So that, uh, that team had used uh, the voice director Jack Fletcher to do who did the voice direction for uh, for Final Fantasy Spirits Within and and is, is somewhat famous in that circle for insisting that Sakaguchi use the word love in in the movie uh, against great great resistance and uh, he so he was going to be the voice director for and he was the voice director for Final Fantasy X and however the way that that was set up was it was set up entirely through the square hawaii team so there was no direct communication between jack and jack's team and uh localization or even the dev team in japan it all went through intermediaries in hawaii and so i don't know where the communication broke down but what happened was Jack asked, hey, is there going to be ADR in this game? Are we going to have to match lip flaps? Because I think even at that point, there was such a thing as automated lip flaps in games hmm. where people would say something and the mouth would kind of move and, and it was all automated and you didn't have to match. But he had seen what they did for Final Fantasy The Spirits Within and knew that that was full-on lip sync. And so he said, hey, is there going to be... ADR in, in Final Fantasy X in this game that we're going to do. And that message went to Hawaii and it, maybe it died there. Maybe it went, <laughs> maybe that got to the dev team and they had no idea what he was talking about. Uh, but however it happened, word got back to Jack that, nope, no ADR, no problem. And so uh, fast forward to... Oh, and I should also add in, meanwhile, that we are being told um, in when we're doing our translation uh, that we have to kind of keep the lines in English to roughly the same length as the Japanese lines, hmm. because if we go over, it could cause memory errors. Oh. Just the size of the files themselves. Oh, OK, yeah, it makes sense. That's scary. Uh, yeah, it's scary, but it's nowhere near as scary as the as the actual situation, <laughs> which we <laughs> So we found out later. Yeah. So we 
we do this entire script and it's a long script for Final Fantasy X. We had stacks and stacks and stacks of paper. And because we didn't really have any Excel jockeys and we were doing all this in Excel, the individual character scripts, (laughs) our project coordinator compiled the individual character scripts by hand. So he was copy pasting. Oh my God. Script. I'm getting like flashbacks to things I've had to do here before we like moved <laughs> over to better systems. <laughs> are, are, are yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's like that. You know, it's it's like a fly by night. It's miserable. Uh, seat of your pants, except <gasps> we're talking a huge script. Uh, I think he must have been the project coordinator. Uh, this is Nonaka-san, who's actually my. He was the he was the excellent sort of go between the manipulator in chief. Uh, yeah. If you got him on your side, he he would he would. Um, <laughs> make things happen for you but he he probably didn't sleep for like two or three days before he went over for recording because i think he was doing the copy pasting while we were finishing (laughs) translation yeah so an insane amount of manual labor and then we had to have a checklist to make sure that he didn't miss anything (laughs) because you know you you bring in an actor and you record a scene and you miss one line you're screwed because you have to bring him in again and that's Mm -hmm. like another thousand bucks at least you know depending Mm -hmm. so uh anyway we had this whole script. It was more or less to time as we understood it. Uh, we arrive uh, the first day in the recording studio is not the actual first day of recording. I think we were going to record on a Thursday or something. And uh, it, this was Wednesday morning. Come in and the guy from the Hawaii office, who, who shall go unnamed, um, comes <laughs> in and he says, hey, Jack, uh, uh, we got new footage from the game. So this is, they hadn't seen new footage for about two months. That was another problem in communication is that the, there wasn't a constant feed of footage. And of course they're dealing with, with actual physical tapes then too. So the, there's a bit of a slowdown there, but <laughs> the, he puts in his big digi beta tape nice. and <laughs> plays this amazingly high definition, super articulated mouth flaps, uh, lip flaps scene uh, of Yuna giving a speech. <laughs> and, and, and Jack is, I, and I'm just watching this like, yeah, this looks really good. And I don't think we, we hadn't seen this either. So we've translated the whole script and we haven't seen the footage <laughs> yet. Uh, we just wrote everything to time, right? So the, uh, uh, so the Jack, Jack is looking at this and he says, are they going to redraw these lips for the English version? <laughs> and some, some quick phone calls are made oh my and God. Oh, uh, he says, Oh no, no, we'll have to, we'll have to fit the, uh, fit the English to these lip flaps. Oh man. And yeah, so the next half hour is completely inappropriate for broadcast. <laughs> 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 the uh, and Jack, who who I he's a, he's a dear friend now, um, but that was my first day meeting him. Uh, he's he's uh, when he wants to be the 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 directorial sort of when he wants to play that raging directorial type, he does it very very well. <laughs> uh, Shakespearean actor. Oh, and uh, so it was an, it was impressive, and uh, the the paint was peeling from the walls, and wow. Nonaka-san, who's the the coordinator that I mentioned, um, speaks English fine. He completely lost the ability to speak English because (laughs) nerves. Yeah. (laughs) And so he he's like suddenly I'm becoming interpreter 
And uh, and I don't know what's going on either because it's the first time I've ever heard of ADR. And uh, and Jack says after things calm down, he says, "Okay, so this is what's going to happen. We're not going to record for two weeks. We're going to give this entire script to my ADR guy, uh, and this is a guy that worked on things like Mononoke Hime, Spirited Away, and 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 uh, other movies like that. Uh, so Hollywood ADR guy, and uh, we're going to give it to him. He's going to take two weeks. He's going to rewrite all these these important scenes for you." It's going to cost like two grand a day. It'd probably be more now, honestly. But, but in those in dollars of those days, it's going to cost two grand a day, and that's that's your only solution here, because Jack knows very well that if this came comes out and the lips don't even remotely match, the first head on the chopping block is his. Yeah. As the voice director, he you know he's the one that looks bad, and um. The problem was that we didn't have that extra two weeks, nor did we have two grand a day to pay this ADR guy. And it turned out that the situation was actually far worse because not only did we have to have the all of the lines, even the ones that didn't have nice lip flaps, aligned with the, uh, the recording times of the Japanese, they actually had to be exactly the same length as the Japanese lines. Oh, no. <laughs> it couldn't down, even be like kind of, f- kind of the same. It had to be exactly the same. Had to be exactly the same. How, and how did this even happen? It feels like... Did this game come out? It, it feels sounds like, like it, it could, didn't come out. Right. It feels like <laughs> it should have crashed and burned, and yet it's like greatest hits of all video games and all fantasy, Final Fantasy. Guys, so it's everything's like, going to work out. Don't worry. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> what did I say? that's right, and that's the end of the story. So, no, um, <laughs> it just worked out, and then and then it worked out, and Jack kind of so like walked off into the distance. Yeah, after realizing that we didn't have the time and we didn't have the money, uh, Nonaka-san said to me, "He's like, so um, Alex, you think you can do it?" <laughs> oh, jeez. Yeah, at which point, you know, and I'm I'm an employee, and uh, this is my first Final Fantasy, really, and uh, so I'm like, I don't know, and uh, talked to Jack, and he didn't think I could do it, <laughs> but it didn't seem like. Sorry, what was that? No, I was just laughing. That's just it makes me sad. This whole thing is making me very sad. Yeah, it all works out in the end, though. Don't be too yeah. sad. <laughs> That's right. Uh, I mean, this is something that that there is there are professionals who do this, um, and you know, I certainly was no professional, um, and it's not an easy process. And here we can get it. I'll get into a bit of the details about how you actually do ADR later. Um, but uh, that's essentially what happened. Um, I had to do all the ADR rewriting for Final Fantasy, X, and rewrite all of the dialogue. And, and so I wasn't the only translator on, on Final Fantasy X. It was me and uh, Aziz Hinoshita. And I don't remember exactly how we split it up, but it was probably some sort of 50-50 divide or one scene, another scene, and that kind of stuff. And not only did we not know that our lengths had to be exact, but Aziz and I also had very different concepts of how long it took to say a particular line. So <laughs> if we said, this line has to be three and a half seconds. That you know, the idea of what you can say in three and a half seconds for me is, is very different for Aziz, as it would be different for for anyone really. Yeah. And uh, and this is a thing that even you know even now, what it was twenty years later or something like that, 
Um, it's still really easy to mess this up. It's not an easy thing to do is to guess how long it's going to take an actor to say a line down to the fraction of a second. And yeah, so crazy. Yeah, there's a lot of guesswork involved. And then a lot of it comes down to the actor and also rewriting the studio. So, you know, there's there's only so much you can do. But this was the entire script for the game, those reams and reams of paper that needed to be rewritten. And so what ended up happening is I every night I rewrite the scripts that we would be recording the following day. Wow. <laughs> so doing that was that did yeah. you sleep at all? Uh, no, and that and that became a problem. <laughs> yeah, that explains uh, why actually the, the thing got that I learned I'm much smarter about this now. But this is this is a advice for all you kids out there. Um, if you have jet lag and you never see the sun, it, that's very bad. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> don't don't do that at home or or anywhere. Um, were, were you flying back and forth between different places as well? No, no, but I never got I, it. Took me like a month. To get every, so this recording was two and a half months long. Wow. Oh my and gosh. I feel like I went back, I feel like I went somewhere in the middle of it. Maybe I went to, my parents were in Vermont, so maybe I, I, I visited Vermont in the middle. Something, and I don't think I went back to Japan though. But, uh, but it took me like a month and a week or so, about five weeks to get over jet lag because... I wasn't outside. <laughs> no, I don't. I don't know if you mentioned it. How long had you been working? So you hadn't started working yet, or had you been working on the translation already? And then you got in that room, and everything was turned upside down. Translation was done. Translation was done. So how long were you working on the translation before this, like month or uh, so? Of that's rewrites? a really good question. I'm guessing it must have been the better part of a year. <laughs> Wow. Uh, <laughs> it, it wouldn't have taken all that time. I and mean, not all of that would have been just like solid writing on the translation. Right. But it was, you know, a few months at least of solid work on the actual writing of the script. That makes this so rewriting this is, even more insane. <laughs> it, it is completely insane. And, and, you know, this is one of those classic, you know, people sort of always sort of humbly say, uh, uh, you know, I can't take credit for any of the good stuff, but the mistakes are all my own. Uh, that's very true, actually, in this thing, because <laughs> here it was, you know, my translation and Aziz's translation that I had to rewrite the last minute. Uh, and the situation wasn't very good, too. So this is I had tapes. The studio would make a VHS copy from their Betamax of the scenes that we thought we would be recording the following day. They would give me the VHS tapes and I would take those VHS tapes back to my hotel and which was this really, really funny hotel is sort of this neoclassical style. And uh, it had a television, you know, obviously one of those big old TVs with a VHS deck built into it up on top in my room. And which was really inconvenient because I had a remote control, but it didn't work very fast. Oh. And so the thing with ADR, the way that you do an ADR scene is you watch the scene and look it down at your script that you've written ahead of time, usually. And then you go back through and you try to fit the words that are there. Things don't start rewriting and it's a really iterative process so you have to kind of go over it over and over again and the clearer the lips are and the longer 
the phrases are, the more time it takes. And so there's a lot of rewinding uh, when you're doing this with VHS. And my remote control worked, but it would there was like a two-second delay. You'd press stop and you'd wait a second or something. And then you'd press re rewind and then you'd wait. And then sometimes it wouldn't stop at the right time and you couldn't stop it rewinding. And so essentially I had to stand up and press play and pause and then sit down and write each line. And um, it, it was very insane, like ergonomically, uh, an ergonomical nightmare. Uh, As if your job wasn't hard enough already right. with all of these ridiculous situational things now you have to deal with a TV that's slow for no reason. <laughs> right, right, right. Uh, because, because, and I eventually got smarter and started doing, uh, towards the middle of the project on the weekends, I would go down to the square office. And uh, th this is the square office in LA, which was really close to the airport at the time. Hmm. And um, would go down there and use one of their nice uh, editing decks and get to sit at a table. And so I did all of the final like Una speeches and stuff, which a speech that lasts maybe two minutes or so takes about, took me about five or six hours, I think. Oh, to wow. Because you're trying to get them all that meaning into those, weird lip flaps and uh it's it's weird it's like writing haiku and especially with um the the there was high quality scenes there's also a lot of scenes with just sort of junk junk flaps they mm. couldn't really tell but um the really high quality scenes you could actually even see the vowel shapes yeah but um especially with the restrictions on the um there was one with the restrictions on the on the line length um you had to not only fit the lips but you couldn't go over the uh, the actual length of the files in seconds and frames, so like three seconds, twenty frames. Uh, each second has thirty frames, at least on in, in that kind of recording. Uh, so if you've got a line that's one second, twenty frames, and um, that's actually the reason for some of the really there's some really weird sound stuff in buried in Final Fantasy X, hmm. where the Japanese person says height, meaning yes. Mm -hmm. And it turns out that just the S sound at the end of yes adds several frames. Really? Yeah, because you can't cut off an S. It bleeds out, and so it adds a few frames to the, to the end of something. So if you try to say yes in the, in the exact same time that a character says height, it, it ends up being 10 frames over. Does it just end up being like a really fast yes? Yep. Like kind of unnaturally fast? <laughs> Yeah, in fact, we had it. We should have had everyone saying "yep" because <laughs> that's a lot better. It, it cuts <laughs> off. That's a "yep," like "yep, sure, gotcha." Yep. All right. Yep. Bye. <laughs> so you have to go defeat sin. Yep. <laughs> uh, It'd be a very different game. Or, or just people are saying hi, like though. "hi," like "okay, you, you need to stop saying hello to me," but let's go defeat sin. Hi. <laughs> that's <laughs> That's why I don't have this uh, job. <laughs> so yeah, that that was a uh, that was the situation there, and I mean, I think ultimately it did kind of work out. There were. <clears throat> this was also the same project where you know there was the the rewrite, and uh, and Nojima-san was in the room the entire time, which which ended up being great. Nojima-san's the writer on Final Fantasy X. Mm. Um, so I mean, that was a lot of fun. So, since we last talked, Persona Five came out. Yep. 
Um, and everybody and their mother was criticizing the translation of it, the localization of it. Right. And I was curious because we had kind of joked, I don't know if it was on air, but we joked mm-hmm. off air about, um, you know, sometimes people get really, really angry at localizations and usually it's for reasons that, well, you weren't there, you don't understand the reasoning or you don't know, have enough knowledge, stuff sure. like that. But I loved Persona 5, but there were so many mm-hmm. moments where I was upset because of, because my husband doesn't know Japanese, so we played in English. And there were moments where I was like, I know this says something different and it makes no sense here. And I'm so sorry. You're, you know, so I was curious if you had any opinions on that or if you like, I don't know, knew the situation going on. Or I, I feel like that's one of those games where we've had such amazing game localizations for years. And this came out and I'm like, it's a persona. How did it? How did this happen? You know? Right. Right. I wasn't privy to any of the specifics there. Uh, so I don't know exactly what happened or what, what went down. Um, and I do know that it is, and maybe we discussed this last time. It's really easy to throw the translators under the bus, uh, when, when a translation sucks, because why not? <clears throat> yeah, Assuming it, it even sucks. I don't, I haven't, I haven't played persona it's five. Not, so. It's not terrible. I, I won't say uh-huh. that because I've, played badly translated games but there it it feels it's um it's like the most literal it could be and that makes it uncomfortable to read that kind of stuff sure well you know that could be any number of things um so not speaking about that project specifically but just in general and this is also probably something i mentioned last time I, i think the biggest problem i see in translations is the most widespread problem, I should say, is not when a translator is bad or not when the the original game is, is bad, the original writing is bad, but when a translator is put in a situation where they don't feel that they have the ability, uh, the, the agency, the responsibility to change things enough and what I mean by that is the way that Japanese and English go about telling a story is is, is just very very fundamentally different and if you don't change the way that the story is being told to a certain degree you're actually going to lose a lot of the original you're doing a disservice to the original because it ends up being very flat and and one of the most common things uh, the common ways you see this is when you get a translation that's very very literal and in one very narrow, pedantic sense that really appeals, and this is where we raise the question of, you know, was, is it the translator's fault? Is it the developer's fault? You know, whose, whose fault is it? A lot of Japanese developers love incredibly literal translations because they can look at it and they can say, this word is here in the Japanese. Here's the equivalent word in the English. It must be a good translation. Right. And that's how it felt, honestly, because yeah, yeah. and everyone always says, oh, Persona is a very Japanese game. It's the most Japanese game you can get, you know, yep. and it really felt. And I, that's why I was curious, because we had talked about, like, all the constraints that people are under. You don't know and you never know the situation. Like most sure. people probably wouldn't know what had happened with you in Final Fantasy X. So yeah. I, I don't know. It, it felt. I, I playing through the game. I just felt, oh, gosh, I know there's a story here. Some somebody must have been like, no, no, no do it this way. And I don't know, I was, right. I was really, I was hoping that there would be some kind of secret information, but 
you know. No, the only secret information I can give you is that that happens. Yeah. <laughs> and, and it's not always the translator's fault. I mean, I think, right. yeah, you could say maybe the translator should have known better. Um, but even if you know better, sometimes you don't have the the power within that, that structure, you know, it, especially if it's outsourced. And sometimes, especially these days, uh, a game translation might get outsourced twice. You've, you've got a, well, it's actually quite common. You have the, the client gives the job to an agency and then the agency is farming that out to translators. And so of course the translators don't have the, the oversight and the ability to change things. Um, and there's lots of people. agency, you know, agencies are selected. Obviously this isn't true of every agency, but, but, the role of an agency is self-selecting for yes men mm. because they want to get more jobs from the client and of the client says, we, you know, this is our game. You better not mess it up. And it's got to feel just like it feels in the Japanese. The, the agency has an incredible, uh, pressure to on them to provide that for the client. And there's nobody, who can come in in that situation, nobody can come in and say, you guys are doing this all wrong. <laughs> you actually have to change stuff. Otherwise it's not going to fly because you're going to lose the emotional impact of the original by giving this flat, you know, a, a, a flat rendition. And literally nobody in that, in that situation has the ability and the, um, that oversight, the, the, the position to be able to look and say, Hey, you know, this is, this is not the way to do it. You know how movies have director's commentary? You know how movies yep. have director's commentary? There needs to be like a translator's commentary for games. Oh, that would be really interesting. That would be, that so, would be fun. so cool. And then you're playing yeah. and you're like, oh, oh, this part. This guy, this guy made me made it, make it too literal. Here's yeah. why. <laughs> well, I know, uh, I know that actually, um, like Joe and I would love to do that for something like Final Fantasy XII. You could just uh, do like a, a playthrough of it, or yeah, like a playlist. Yeah, a yeah. playthrough, yeah, like a and then you would you would do a playlist along with it, or like mm -hmm. a, a podcast along yeah. with it, and then you'd be like, "Here is our our playthrough or our play along." Yeah, just record yourself playing it. Well, that works too. <laughs> we, we've actually we've <laughs> talked about doing that. That'd be, oh, really that'd be cool. so cool. That'd be super cool. Please um, do that. Maybe, maybe maybe once we retire and we don't have to, uh, <laughs> mm, <laughs> we can about, freely burn yeah. bridges. Yeah. <laughs> We don't need jobs yeah, anymore. Yeah. Well, let us know when you do <laughs> yeah. that. We'll we'll signal boost the crap out Absolutely. of that. Absolutely. Yeah. Fantastic. Yeah. yeah. Well, uh, we just want to thank you one more time for for coming on here and and yeah. yeah again, thank you so much. Again, yeah, and uh, <laughs> not running away, uh, uh, upset with us after the, the like, first like time. All the other like every guests. other guest. What? <laughs> no, that's not <laughs> true. <laughs> yeah. I I thought you guys did a great job, and I loved the write up too. Oh, good, oh, good. I'm, I'm glad you like it. Michael works very hard. Actually, we don't that. ask every guest back, so that's, that's, that's true. more of the reason. <laughs> uh, I feel yeah. much better now. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, so thanks for for showing us some of the the like inside secrets. So we really mm. wanted to drill down more, and uh, I think we we got some of that. I'm sure there's way more of that. So we'll just have you on a third and fourth and fifth time. <laughs> What what percentage of anecdotes did we get through? Did we get like, like <laughs> you're right, fifty three point right. six well, percent? Would you say or probably? Oh, perfect. Okay. Yeah, I'll cool. have to I'll have to sit down with that Final Fantasy ten scene and and really uh, and and figure <laughs> out exactly what what the original was and how it ended up because that was a very interesting moment. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah, yeah. really oh, that's interesting. Details there. Well, I'm I'm glad it all worked out though for you. So. Mm -hmm. 
I need <laughs> trying yes, to I do that again. How many callbacks has it been now? <laughs> I don't know. It gets so better, right, each time? Yeah. Is that how these work, jokes? Uh, they add layers. Well, thank you so much. It was, it was a pleasure hearing about this. Yeah, it's really interesting because yep. growing up playing, well, some of the earlier ones, not so much the recent ones, but <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, yeah. It's it's fun to hear. Yeah, 10, 10 11, 12 were like were like my heyday. Yeah, so that was cool. more like mm-hmm. seven, eight, or six, seven, eight, nine. Yeah, ten Blitzball. Mm-hmm. I played a, the only reason Blitzball. I progressed in that game is to play Blitzball. <laughs> yeah, I mean it was good, but I just wanted to play more Blitzball. Yeah, um, it was awesome. It was pretty sweet. <laughs> so, so thanks for all your hard work so that Koichi could play Blitzball. Thank you. Yeah, thank yeah. you. Awesome. You're you're welcome, Koichi. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and we'll see you later. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, catch bye, your bye now. Hey everyone! Thanks for listening to our <laughs> podcast. With <laughs> one more time, sound a little happier. <laughs> hey everyone! <laughs> this is Michael. Hey everybody! Hey everybody! <laughs> <laughs> this is it. We should just well, keep. That'll all of it. do it. Thanks so much for listening to the show. Yep, we got it all crack-a-lacking out oh, of our man. bodies. I, I can tell once. that Alex is just like bloated with more more stories. Mm-hmm. That's he was the word swollen you with stories. Use? <laughs> Not the right well, Bloated? I'm, well, you know, I, I had to translate this from Japanese and like I had to match my lip flappings. So, so you had to pick the, word the word that, bloated that made it 3.1 seconds? Yes. Well, and no, it was three, three seconds and, uh, and four frames. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, that's the word that happened to fit. <laughs> He's bloated with st- good stories. Yeah. It's a good bloating. Swollen with story juice. Yes. Swollen. Like, it's like trying to ooze out of his pores and we just couldn't get all, I hate all, of, the, all of the story <laughs> pus out of I hate this. Please <laughs> free me from this prison. Anyways, I'm uh, sure, I, hopefully he'll come back to, to tell us even more stories because I think he has a lot more to tell. Mm-hmm. Um, but anyways, that'll do that'll do it for this episode, as I already said before. That'll do it, pig. <laughs> that'll, that'll do, pig. That'll do, babe. So what are some action items so the people can become the action heroes that they've always wanted to be? What? Wait, what? <laughs> Sorry, I was, I, was, I was not paying attention to you. Did you time slip again? <laughs> yes. uh, Wait, what is a time slip? I don't know. Anyway, uh, you'll have to listen topic. to find out. We're staying out. on topic, please. So, what are action items? Is what oh. I was getting at. Um, what's a good one from this one? I guess uh, go play Final Fantasy Ten. Go play Final Fantasy Ten. Go, go get a and go be for like, the love wow, of God! Somebody spent so much of their life <laughs> on yeah. it. Named Alex Smith. Yeah, and a other year people and too. then Seriously. just a month of misery. And just that month of misery probably took ten years off his life. Exactly. So. I was for like, you. I don't know about you guys, but I was like clenching my fist in in stress like empathetic stress I know, yeah. hearing that story so we're all clenching can yeah. we can we please can we please just everyone go buy that game also sure. donate to his patreon if he has one i don't think he does <laughs> he has a twitter share his oh, twitter. He has a twitter donate, oh he has an instagram donate too some and an Insta- the instagram's really pretty because he lives in a really gorgeous part mm, of japan yeah yeah he yeah he did say he wanted Ooh. us to check everyone check out his instagram last mm. time so go check out his instagram like all his photos <laughs> every like single photo and what's his name there his name is alex smith oh i just twist twitter or something else oh his twitter oh, i thought you meant his real name <laughs> No. no there, I, oh, I shredded the document. It's uh, on there, though. It's right there. Oh, it's here. On, it's here on this document. Here we go. Yep. I know what it is, but I thought you would go know. follow on Twitter. Get in my pants. At, uh, at a o. 
Hajia. It's wow. A O K A J I Y A. All right. I cool. believe that's also his Instagram, but if it's not, <laughs> I'm sure you can find I think it through it's his Twitter. On go find yeah. it. Go out, go ask him on Twitter. Yeah. And uh, as a second action item, I want everyone to take that Twitter account and I want you to message Alex O. Smith and just tell him that it's all it's all gonna work out. <laughs> Just no context. Uh, just let him know it's all going to work out. Uh, yeah. yes, and please, uh, also please CC Shinzo Abe. So he'll never. He's never going to talk to us again. CC Shinzo oh. Abe. Oh, yeah. Put, put Shinzo. Tell Shinzo Abe it's all going to work Alex, out. It's all sure going to work out. Also, CC us if you could. We really appreciate it. When you guys do that, it makes our day. Yeah. Every or single time us, it happens. It's not yeah, it's email. not CCing anymore. <laughs> well, it's, uh, you know. Oh, he does have a nice Instagram. It's also A O K A J I Y A. It's also his Instram. Mm-hmm. Can you can you read that in what, without spelling it out? J Ya. Okay. There you go. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's A O for Alex O. Kajia oh. is Smith in uh. Japanese. So it works on <gasps> it many levels. Makes sense. Okay. Mm-hmm. And our third action item is uh, please, if you enjoy the show. Go leave us a review on iTunes. It really does help our rankings and stuff out so that we can finally get ahead of NHK news. Oh, my God. Please. Yes. They have like 50 things. Yes. And they're, they're all the same. They're podcasts. Like the, the, if you search for Japan on iTunes, it's just, it's just bloated with NHK. <sighs> it's swollen. Like, it's swollen and just like Ugh. all their different language podcasts of the same things mm-hmm. rank way up there. And it's just like. They're coming out of their pores. Do and you need to go to the bathroom? Because that's... <laughs> just did. Oh. You don't go to the bathroom when you have pus coming out of pores. If you're oh, bloated wait, oh, oh, and swollen, that's you true. might. Bloating, yeah, can be relieved through the restroom. Mm. I hope. Don't do it in Depends here. Depends on the kind of bloats. Um, <laughs> oh, bloats. Oh, bloats. Now that you're all movie. gone... Mm-hmm. Can we finish, please? Well, our la- our, those three so fans go leave we a review. Um, we usually read the reviews, but we've recorded a bunch of podcasts all mm-hmm. at once, and we've already finished reading them all. So if you could leave us a bunch of reviews, then we can kind of spread them out over the next few, yeah. and we'd really appreciate reading them. If you have a shout-out for your mom, your brother, your sister, your cousins, your wife, your husband, whoever. Your mm-hmm. dog, your cat. Just write them in there, and we'll do a shout-out for your you. Your Japanese teacher. And, and we should... Say, you know, just because you've already left a review doesn't mean you can't leave another one. <laughs> I you think might, it does. It might be that way. Well, it doesn't Unless mean you can't SoundCloud. create another Apple <laughs> account and leave another review. You Associate guys. a new credit My card. My name is Yuna at Hotmail.com. Mm-hmm. Mm. My name is Everybody TSX email Naruto Yuna at Hotmail.com. <laughs> at I'm Sephiroth6969. <laughs> Nice. All right. <laughs> nice. That'll do it for this show. Thanks so much for listening. Uh, sorry, everything got a little bit wonky. We had a few audio issues in the middle of it. So that's why we sounded weird. <laughs> yeah. But and, uh, we fixed them and Jamal it'll be fixed okay. them. Yes. <laughs> Jamal fixed them all. So you didn't even know. Audio them. wizardry. Yep. He just like all the parts where the sound completely dropped. He just, he just, uh, Revoiced rewrote it. the script and then he lip flaps. We had he to lip flap them back for two in months. perfectly to fit the exact sound length and um and now it sounds like the original which is dropped audio mm-hmm. <laughs> also so dark thank you Goku thank you so much for that jamal Lycos. all right goodbye goodbye <laughs> let's cut this off <laughs> <laughs>